0: 12 PSBs crossed the 1 lakh crore profit mark in the March 23 quarter. The State Bank of India accounted for half of the total earnings. So, how did this happen? One other thing that needs to be considered is the low valuation of the PSBs. So, how can we improve the valuation? Hi there and welcome to the Business Line Podcast. This is Nabodita Ganguly. I'm joined today by Hamsini Kartik, who discusses the excellent performance of the PSBs in the March 2023 quarter, the reasons behind it, and also what lies next for the public sector bands. Listen in. Hi, Hamsini. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. So i wanted to ask you why we all have been talking about how escalating the performance of psbs has been in the march quarter could you elaborate a bit and how they had that performance what happened it was like a magic wand all of a sudden we started talking about how great psbs are performing i was like oh this is great we need to have a discussion about it
1: that's right that's right actually i was uh, we were chatting up i was chatting up with a bank a, a banker uh, during the results Uh, This was one of the large uh, public sector banks. And I told him how the difference between uh, private banks and public sector banks, uh, in whichever parameter that we look at the numbers, is sort of narrowing. And this is a very, very interesting thing. And it's a very uh, positive development as well. Like, for instance, uh, most of the public sector banks managed a growth rate of upwards of 10%, which is a big deal considering what their sizes are. Uh, Their NIMS have all gone up. Um, on an average, banks are trading at a nim of around uh, three, three and a half percent, which is very, very healthy. Uh, they used to be at two percent, and two uh, percent at one point was considered, uh, you know, uh, good enough for them. Now they're all trading at three and a half, which is very, very optimistic. And then when you look at their g- loan growth, that again is very healthy. Um, possibly where they're lacking a bit is on the deposit side, but I think that's okay they have whatever liquidity they need to have for the kind of growth that they're targeting at therefore deposit if they want to lag a bit i don't think one should look at it very negatively the kind of assets that they're growing is also very interesting uh retail has been the engine for the banking sector for a very long time uh that's what it continues to be it was very pronounced if i can use that word uh in the q4 results uh, you know, retail grew upwards of 25% for most of the PSBs, uh, which is something as a trend we've been seeing for the last, I would say, eight, nine quarters. Um, and that trend continues. Uh, so if you look at their growth patterns and compare it with how public-private sec- banks grow, on the other hand, you will not really find much of a difference at all. They're very uh, similar. They're convergent in terms of... Uh, uh, the the numbers that they put together and so on I haven't seen it uh, before I have been tracking this sector for almost eight nine years now and uh, this is the first time I'm seeing this sort of a performance honestly
0: so as you said you have been tracking the sector since the last eight nine years what do you think happened like we are all talking about the four-hour strategy by the government that was implemented that helped this sector perform better overall what do you think was the key takeaway from this. Overall, how did they improve their performance significantly?
1: We'll have to travel back to, let's say, 2018,
0: the year where we
1: started seeing consolidation in the public sector space. Because until then, we were talking largely about it. Um, One may say it started back even in 2016 with uh, State Bank of India sort of collapsing all its subsidiaries with itself. Uh, But... uh. Uh, What we're seeing today is a result of continuous mergers that we've been seeing over the last couple of years, uh, starting with Bank of Baroda, which folded uh, Dhena Bank and Vijaya Bank into itself. Then you had 10 banks fold into four large banks. You know, these are acts that have uh, given the impetus for growth that has ensured that there is enough capital for all of them to sort of uh, uh, look at, you know, expanding their balance sheets in a meaningful manner. And what it has also done, the timing of this whole merger is very interesting because When this merger was conceptualized, your NPAs were easily upwards of 8-9%. You know, from there, we've come to sub-5% or sub-4% as NPA at a gross level. For banks like Bank of Baroda and all, it's even sub-3%, which is fabulous. You know, they're trending very similar, like I said, and I'm sorry, I'm referencing back to what I said earlier, very similar to how public private sector banks are looking. So the merger is a very, very... um. I would say potent uh, uh, corporate action uh, if if we can you know put, put in some uh, jargons here which has led to a better or optimized performance of uh, public sector banks that is one part to it the second part is that in the last uh, couple of years uh, especially starting 2018 uh, the trend has been towards retail uh, loans you know there was a time again, back in 2018 or 2019 fiscals, where retail loans used to not even account for 20% of their total loan book. And retail for a public sector bank is pure retail, which is your housing loan, vehicle loan, etc. Plus your SME segment and your agree segment, right? All these three put together would not even be 30% of their total book. The books were concentrated so much with corporate loans. Now, what has happened because of, you know, Capex not picking up, banks themselves becoming a little wary of uh, corporate lending in the last couple of years after the whole asset quality cleanup uh, cycle and all that is that retail, just as how it is for private banks, is very much the focus even for public sector banks. That is a very, very potent growth tool. And what also happens with retail, again, which is reflecting in their performances, for a retail class category of loan to go bad. You know, if we're talking about a demography of, let's say, a million population, the entire million has to default for that particular, let's say, a car loan as a portfolio for a bank. If entire of car loan has to go bad, we're talking about the whole population of car loan borrowers going bad. That doesn't quite often happen at all. In fact, that doesn't happen so much at all with retail loans. Therefore, the NPAs are getting padded up a lot because of the retailization efforts that banks are now taking. Because NPAs are getting padded up, because there is not much provisioning to be made, uh, the financials on an overall basis are looking much better than what they used to be around the same time five, five years back, or let's go back to even four years. You know, They're looking very healthy because of the change in the loan mix. Uh, now it's 50-50, or some of the banks, it's even 60-40, the larger proportion being aligned to retail book. So these are the two, three factors that has really helped the performance of public sector banks.
0: Okay, understood. And now talking about valuations of the public sector banks, this is something I'm very confused about. Okay. Why is it so low and how can it be improved?
1: Sure. it's uh, Historically, state-owned entities do... Uh, Earn valuation is much lower compared to uh, private banks or private entities. Uh, for, for instance, look at a, a BHEL versus its counterpart in the public se- private sector. Uh, likewise, look at a steel factory. Look at sale versus starter steel. You know, the dichotomy in valuation will always be there. So that's a given. That shouldn't vary as much. But what one is, especially with the banking sector, is the uh, breadth of the dichotomy. Uh, For instance, um, uh, the difference in valuation between a private bank and a public public sector bank today could go as much as 200 times. That is to say that on an average, private banks are being valued at upwards of 1%, easily upwards of 1%. You will not find too many private banks valued at book value and all that. Whereas, barring SBI and maybe a Bank of Maharashtra, which is very, very small compared to like SBI, the rest of the pack is trading at very, very PTA valuations. We're talking about 0.8x book, 0.5x book. There are names even at 0.3x book. What this ideally means is that as an investor, if I were to buy, let's say, 10 shares of uh, Bank of Baroda, I'm just giving as an instance or let's take some other name, uh, XYZ Public Sector Bank, I were to buy 10 shares of that bank for, let's say, 1,000 rupees, it implies, the valuation implies that the real worth of those 10 shares is only 300 rupees. 700 rupees, which I'm shelling out from my pocket to buy these bank stocks, are just going towards, you know, writing off of um, uh, balance sheet and uh, PNl provisioning, so on and so forth. That is the assumption. Now, why is there this assumption? Because um, there are two paths to valuations as such. You know, one is financial performance consistently doing well. We call it the arithmetic um, aspect of valuations. The other thing is perception. And perception is largely a function of how markets uh, see or view a particular stock. What, What is the standards of corporate governance in a particular company or a particular bank? What is the independence of the board? Uh, What is the decision-making quality and authority in a particular uh, entity? These are aspects that really add up to the second part that I mentioned about, which is the uh, perception of valuations, right? Where public sector banks are lacking is the second part. They've gotten their arithmetics, right? Like we just discussed, their numbers are looking as good as private banks. That's not the problem. The fear is that, is the governance still really good? You know that is a question that needs to possibly uh, find an answer here, and we have we have a long, long way to go as far as that is concerned.
0: Are you optimistic about the future? I don't know. <laughs> I <laughs> would want to be
1: optimistic, but number yeah. uh, uh, there's a larger issue here. at King, you know, hmm. um, let's let's just look at how boards are decided in a, a private bank versus a public sector bank. Hmm. In the public sector bank, government is the largest shareholder. In SBI for instance, government holds more than 55% stake in the bank. Uh, with banks like Bank of Baroda and all, the number goes as high as even 70-76%. Right? So when you have government as the primary stakeholder, obviously they would want to put their people in it. So does it stop? What is the autonomy that the people at the operations have? Can, can the uh, Can the key managerial persons Say no to certain um uh, possibilities or certain. I- I'm using very kind words here. Um, of certain uh you know wants of their shareholders uh not being ratified, not being accepted, not being ceded to by the bank. Uh, very colloquially, it's called phone banking. You know, some a mantri calls up and says, "Why don't you look at this account favorably?" Presumably, from whatever I've been hearing and picking up from my sources, my interactions with bankers in the last four five years, this idea and concept of phone banking is gradually coming down. It's not so prevalent like it used to be a decade, decade and a half back. You know that kind of interference is apparently coming down. But the thing is that the way public sector banks operate versus the way private banks operate is very very different. Uh, there is there is a board the uh, a bank bureau now it is the F- fisb which is in charge of picking up the chairman the in case of FBI, the md ceo for other banks and so on so there is it's a very different process a very different mechanism that is that is at play um to answer your question about whether i'm optimistic hmm, these are certain things these are certain uh, changes that one will have to make over a certain period of time. And during the period of time, it's important that the financials or the arithmetics that add up to valuations also stay on the same course. Um, Which is why it's going to be a very Herculean task, you know, to to improve perception. Once in your mind, when you think that somebody is um, not worth the salt, not a person that you can trust, whatever the person does, you know, somersaults, cartwheels. It's going to be very difficult for you to trust that person again, right? Consider a similar analogy, even with the PSBs.
0: That's a very interesting analogy you made. So talking about governance, do you think governance of the PSBs can be as good as the private banks? Or is that a wild comparison that we are making?
1: We have to really see because like I said, uh, the thought process right now is that the concept of phone banking is gradually reducing. The interference of the government in the capacity of a shareholder in a bank's board or a board's decision, uh, lending related decisions, all those are gradually coming down. If you look at the way most of the PSBs operate, they do a centralized processing these days for loans, um, big tickets, small tickets. Branches also have to put it back to the center office, central office, get the loan, uh, you know, authenticated. The powers of branch manager, although is quite significant, um, is not what it used to be. Uh, like I said, a decade back, you can't extend loans, basis, relationships so much. So those metrics are improving. But I think uh, one will have to really still wait for a couple of years to see if they start reflecting in numbers, and I'll tell you how it'll it'll you know show up. Uh, for instance, uh, we are coming close to a uh, let's say a peak point in the retail side. Uh, what we have seen very intermittently in the past is that a couple of banks have thrown up uh, trouble on the retail side. So, how a PSB is going to behave? You know, that would, for instance, be something that as analysts, we'll all watch very closely. If PSB's delinquencies are better than that of private banks, then there is a point in their favor that their underwriting standards have improved, their operational matrices have improved and so on. We have to test PSBs under different cycles right now. And we can't make a very blanketed statement saying that, you know, they will improve or they will not improve. It's a wait and watch kind of a situation.
0: So I think the key takeaway is as of now, we need to observe how things are going. We need to observe how things are going. That's one. Uh, two, we need to see
1: consistency in the way that they're performing. Um, hmm. And by this, what I mean is that take a bank like a state bank or a bank of Baroda. Hmm. The net NPA of state bank is less than 1%. You know, this is something that the bank is posting probably after a decade or so's gap. Or will it maintain it at sub-1%? Yeah. So
0: That's basically, one part. Hmm. March quarter performance cannot be taken in isolation.
1: I would say March quarter performance is a culmination of many hmm. quarters of good performance. Hmm. But we have to, I mean, if, if valuation, improvement in valuation is something that you work on. You know, it cannot happen overnight. For instance, how do I, how do I... How do I tell you? If uh, you're, a, let, let's say you, you, you're working out to build some muscles and you're having protein shakes, right? So protein shakes, only if you have it over a period of time, doesn't mm. reflect on your body. Mm. A short of protein shake doesn't do any magic, right? <laughs> so
0: it's, uh, it's I know very it. similar yeah. to that. Mm. Mm. The
1: PSPs are, 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 are showing us that they're absorbing the protein shakes very well. Mm. But is it going to add up the mass? We'll have to see. Maybe it will start reflecting in another two, three years. Mm -hmm. By then, uh, they would have already lent a little to corporates. uh, uh, The performance of some of the loans that went through restructuring during COVID, those would have also run a full cycle. Give it time. That's that's what I'm implying. Give it another Mm -hmm. four, five years. Uh, but does the government have so much time? We don't know because uh, the government is uh, very gung-ho about privatization. They've been talking about it in every forum possible. Um, we get to understand that there are at least two candidates that the government is looking at from a privatization perspective. Um, what sort of valuations is, is it going to really get? Um, because just having size and taking it to an investor is not a game changer any longer. We're seeing that even with IDBI Bank until lately right so uh, it and can it distance itself from the banks can it allow the banks to function autonomously entirely autonomously and then take it to market these are things that we would all watch one more very important thing about it, uh, which uh, maybe in the course of this fiscal and the next fiscal it will start showing up uh, as the burn rate increases that is the capital consumption rate increases for banks they will have to raise capital Right now, most of the banks are raising tier 2 capital, additional tier 2 capital, right? But when they go, can they go for a tier 1 on their own without the support of government? Yeah, that will be the true test of all the efforts that have culminated from, let's say, 2016 to 2020 in cleaning up the PSP system entirely.
0: Okay, understood. Just one curiosity I have. If the PSPs keep performing very well, just... Hmm. Just let us assume hmm. will the government I still focus sure. so much <laughs> Will the government still focus a lot on privatization of them?
1: Government is looking at privatization, and this is my take on the whole uh okay. thing. Hmm. uh from a perspective of monetizing an asset, right uh, hmm. so if a bank continues to do very well. It would mean two things for the government. One is that uh, clear cut, it would become easier for the government to take it to investors and say, hey, look, the performance is much better than what you saw Hmm. a couple of years back. We have improved, right? But assume a case where the investor is possibly willing only to give um, four cents to a dollar and the government's ask is at least twice that. The government will not be in a rush to give it off at four cents in that case, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a it's an entity that's doing quite well for itself. It doesn't need the government to pump in capital. Probably it has the wherewithal to go to market to raise capital. Then why, as a shareholder, should it, um, you know, dilute its stake quickly just for the heck of monetization? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's very good for the government if performance of PSB continues to improve and improves to a new high because then they would be at the bargaining end. They would not be at the receiving end. And I think if the government is really keen about its own divestment targets and its the whole divestment uh, aspirations that it has, it has to take this approach. You know, being a um, being, let's say, a seeker and not a beggar.
0: That's a very beautiful way to end it. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Thanks a lot.